This is Whitley Strieber, and this is Dreamland. You've reached the edge of the world. A few weeks ago, I appeared on Scott Katamas's Global Peace Tribe as a guest, along with a number of other close encounter witnesses, including a really remarkable man who is with us today. John Martin is here. He is... Well, this is going to be an unusual and extraordinary show, folks. I can assure you of that. Uh, he, I don't know quite how to describe what he does, and he's going to tell you about it in detail. Suffice to say that this man tapes UFOs who appear pretty much on command every night at his home in Georgia. And he, he has also among other things, a classical guitarist and a very good one, and has asked in view of all of the troubles in the world that before we even start the show and start telling you about his work and what he has accomplished, he'd like to just do a little brief meditation on his guitar uh, so, John, why don't you uh, uh, get started and uh, go ahead. Thank you, John. And that sets the tone, I think, very nicely, uh, because we're going to be talking now not about guitars, but about UFOs. And a certain 
tone of personality. John, let me ask you to, to begin. Tell us what you do exactly and what is, makes it so extraordinary. And those of you who are watching on video on YouTube, you can see some of John's work. And for subscribers, there will be more of it in the subscriber video area as well. But tell us, what is it that you do? Willie, I've been playing guitar for over 50 years now. And it's something that's very important and special to me. And I've put a lot of my heart and energy into to my music. And I had a um, just a thought that if I were to share, um, if I were to share my music uh, with the universe, that perhaps I would be able to have some type of contact. I actually had dinner with President Carter in Toledo, Spain, um, years prior to that. And we actually discussed UFOs over dinner. He was very open to the subject and uh, he stated his experience, which happened in South Georgia in the 60s. And he was with a number of um, other people at a Lions Club and a beautiful golden energy um, appeared over all of them. And um, he said he couldn't explain it. And um, he understood what it was. And uh, we discussed that. And so I used that uh, beautiful experience over dinner in Toledo, Spain, with a, a very dear friend and, and a hero to me in many ways. And I used that along with Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where they use music as a communication tool. And I went out on my deck and I started playing this music that I've loved for my whole life. And I just began playing with the thought of projecting this music into the universe. And almost immediately, Whitley, they started coming in. I had a, the very first one was, it was only after two or three sessions of doing this, a beautiful, I have a, a little dog that, um, his name's Bodie and we, uh, I take him for walks and he's been with me this whole time. And I was walking back in the neighborhood with him and we live in a, a row of townhomes here in Sandy Springs, Georgia, just north of Atlanta. And directly over our particular townhouse was a beautiful purple plasma craft with a pink ring that was rotating around the bottom of the bell. My and word. Beautiful. It was about 50, feet, 50 to 100 feet above our home. I ran in to get Karen. All the alarms in the house were going off. They were obviously just scanning to see who I might be. And she came out uh, outside. She was in a robe and it was just her and me. And this beautiful craft had a beautiful feminine energy. And it just, it sat over our home and slowly, um, slowly just went away. And I tried to get it on my phone and it was black. I couldn't get it in my phone to work. As soon as it crossed the tree line, my phone uh, popped back on, which I thought so, Such a familiar problem. So many people <laughs> have that problem. I have it here in this house where I know the visitors have arrived because the cameras all turn off. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I mean, but, if they can control these beautiful craft, what is a little phone? to them. You know? <laughs> I'm sure they could easily take care of that. Um, and so after that, um, 
a few days later, I was out with my dog and we have a little courtyard and my deck that looks out onto it. And that's where I play my guitar to project in the universe. There were four metallic craft in line, two sets of two, uh, directly over um, our courtyard. And I went in to get my phone and, and when they came back, when I came back, they were gone. Uh, that afternoon, I went outside and all the tops of the trees were burned. They, I guess they came down in the radiation from the craft, scorched the tops of all the trees. And I actually, at that point, I um, I contacted MUFON and they came out and I told them everything that had happened to that point. And I showed them the, I had a leaf that I saved. I took a picture of it that uh, I've sent to you, Whitley. That was these are right. some of my early experiences. And he said, oh, that's nothing. Don't that happens all the time. I've learned over time to listen to myself and not listen to others. When you think something's important, it really is and hold on to it. And so that was one of the, that was an early lesson. Yes. Uh, and folks just, we're going to pause a minute for our free dreamlanders. And so hold on to this for just a few seconds, free dreamlanders. Subscribers will keep on going. This is a brief excerpt from an interview with two contactees who had an 11-day close encounter experience and are now willing to speak about it, really, for the first time. To hear their whole interview and many others, subscribe to unknowncountry.com. Here's the excerpt. Did you see the man's face? Yes. Actually, that one is very clear to me. It was kind of longish, and uh, he didn't look—he didn't look completely human. But he, because he had very, very thin hair, almost non-existent. But he was young. I believe that it was kind of blonde, and he was very tall, like six, at least six feet. And he was so thin that he looked kind of strange. And what happened then? Well, he wanted me to to go with him or to stay with him. He wanted me to stay with him on the ship. And I'd been married for six months. And I wasn't about to go running off to stay on the ship. Now, surely you want more. You must want more. And there is more. Not only this contactee interview, but many others, many of them just as extraordinary on unknowncountry.com, plus everything else that we offer, my audiobooks, the meditations, the talks on the key, William Henry's wonderful revelation show in its entire run, Ann Streber's brilliant and magical mysterious powers, and so much more, hours and hours of listening pleasure. Learn from the meditations on the site. Really learn because they're real and they're valuable. Subscribe to unknowncountry.com right now. Go to unknowncountry.com. Click on the subscribe tab. We are running very low on new subscribers now, and that should not be, it should not be happening. So you do it. 
You go there and you do it today. Did we misunderstand the teaching of Jesus? Perhaps a long time ago, perhaps almost as soon as he rose from the dead, we mistook him for something that he may not have been. But we do know one thing. He was one of us. His life and his resurrection reveal the power of the good in all of us. And his teaching shows anybody, whether they have religious beliefs or not, how to find that goodness and live it. Get Jesus a New Vision. It's available as an audio book. It is available as a paperback and as a Kindle. Get it today. We're talking to John Martin. John is a a sort of close encounter witness and experiencer. Very unusual in that he started out years ago with an interest in UFOs. He had a conversation with Jimmy Carter, President Carter, and from there moved on to where he is now. But before we go any farther down that road, uh, John, can you tell us about why you had a, a, a lunch or a dinner with uh, President Carter in the first place? Um, a, f- a friend of mine has a guitar um, shop in Spain, and um, it's they've had it for a hundred years. They're very dear friends of mine, and they um, they built three special guitars. Um, they gave I presented one to President Carter. He was great friends with uh, Andres Segovia, who's a great uh, the great the, Spanish guitarist, the, the great one of the greatest guitarists of all time. Yes. Absolutely. And he was dear friends with President Carter. So President Carter obviously was a fan of the guitar, of classical guitar. Well, you know, as I'll, I'll quickly say, I, um, during the Olympics in 96, we had a big event and I was asked to play. When I w- walked in, the Secret Service came directly up to me. They wouldn't tell me who I was playing for. And it was, it was um, uh, President Carter, Gerald Ford, Al Gore. There were about 500 dignitaries from South America. And I was playing in this big um, open uh, convention area. And I was playing this music and I I was playing through the sound system before they got there. And I thought it sounded wonderful. And, but it sounded to me like they turned it down. So I was playing and, and feeling a bit dejected because I didn't think anybody could hear me. And I saw two pairs of shoes in front of me. It was president and Mrs. Carter. And they said, Segovia played that for us when we were at a tavern in Madrid. And do you know Recuerdos de la Alhambra, which is a beautiful tremolo piece. That, yes. And I said, sure. He said, okay, hold on one minute. And he went on uh, the dais and he said, I want everybody to stop what they're doing and listen to this incredible music. I'd like him turned up and I'd like him turned up right now. And so we became very dear friends. I've had. I'll bet you, know, you did many meetings in the Carter center in his private office. And, and so my friend, um, built three guitars, one for president Carter. Uh, he, they built one for me, which was a a wonderful thing. They're beautiful instruments and, uh, a third one. And we didn't really know what to do with it. So it, they have a winter auction 
And so I suggested that we donate it for the winter auction. It raised, I think, $35,000. And oh, so, my. that's wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's, and what, uh, what, what, what exactly kind of winter auction are you referring to? Uh, it's, they don't, uh, they create, um, well, it's an auction that generates money for the work of the Carter center. And it's, it's, a Oh, I see. And they, they, they raise millions of dollars in that way. So, and today we've just through the guitars that we've, uh, donated is over $600,000 for the Carter center. So we were in Toledo, Spain to sign the labels. He toured the factory and we had a beautiful day together and we had dinner that night. Um, I sent you pictures, I believe, of, of the dinner that we had. That yes. Night. And that, that was where I was sitting next to him. And I didn't bring it up. The person next to me did. And he, it just went from there. And we spoke of many things that night. But that was the impetus, Whitley, was that lovely conversation. And then uh, Close Encounters, where you use music to communicate with universe. And so but you must have had a longstanding interest in UFOs. Always. Absolutely. When you Your say book, always, when do you remember that this interest started? Because I think somebody has been calling you for, for you. all your life, probably. Like me so. and like so many other Close Encounter witnesses. I think so. Uh, and and for me, it's, uh, I, I think it's, I, I try to take it at face value. Uh, you know, what, what they give and what I give is a very unique uh interchange. And so I honor that. And, um, you know, I don't have a lot of early memories of actual interactions, but the interest was always there, uh, growing up. Um, and your book was so, such a big part of that. Communion. Uh, communion was, is so important, Whitley. And thank you for that incredible work that you've done and are continuing to do. It's, it's such a, such a, noble effort and noble work and and i honor you for that well it's fortunate i also had a noble wife because she was the one who titled it communion <laughs> and oh, who understood better than i did what it was and what it would be in the in the long run it is the 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 foundation of contact and that's exactly what it is and so, um so and i'm very grateful always when i hear that said because by somebody who has been moved by the book and moved to uh, deepen their contact. Now, and in fact, right now, folks, uh, we're going to play a clip from uh, of John's uh, where you will hear his guitar in the background and him calling to and encouraging the presences in the sky. And after that clip, we will go on and uh, talk about uh, this a little bit more. Podcast listeners, at this point in the YouTube video on my YouTube channel, we play a clip from John Martin's many clips that he has on YouTube. To watch John's videos on YouTube, go to YouTube and search on John Martin UFO and you will get to his channel where he has put up many videos over the years. Some of them are quite extraordinary, others are more of a question, but 
it's a lovely channel and the man has a obviously a beautiful approach to life and to his whole close encounter experience so do enjoy his channel john martin ufo on youtube john tell us a little bit about what happened when you started uh what made you decide to start to try to videotape it and how do you do it well what i what i will say is uh if i continue the narrative so after the four came then the big ones came and it was over my courtyard during the day uh, whitley it was a cross shape and a crescent shape two craft they were the size of office buildings burnished metal and they went right directly over my courtyard directly overhead and i took my camera out and i took a picture and i sent you that and the only thing that shows up on that particular picture are just a few small dots i went in to get karen and my camera and it was crossing uh, the roof line and in my mind they said please don't take our picture we'll give you something you can take a picture of and Whitley, I didn't run around the building like you would expect. I was just kind of overcome with that, just the magnificence of what I just witnessed. And about 10 days later, I was, um, I walked out my back door, a friend of mine and I were going to go see gravity. And I heard, look over here. And there was a beautiful heart shaped cloud in the exact spot where the heart and the crescent um, the cross and the crescent shaped craft were and they said they would give me something and they did and they've done that many 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 times now after that there was a period of time where uh, probably two or three months i didn't see anything and i thought ah oh, they must realize i'm not really worth all the effort yeah. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't the case they were letting me integrate that experience and i'd take my dog out at night and I'd see these uh, beautiful lights going by. And I didn't even think anything about it. And then they started flashing at me. I said, oh, wow. They were trying to get your attention. Hey, guy, they, figure it out. Come on. They, they, yeah, really. Come on, wake up here. So I got an Adirondack chair and I put it out in my courtyard. Two of them came. One of them split off. And I just felt like waving at it. And I waved and it went goosh and just became super bright. And I waved at it again. And it went goosh. And I waved at it a third time. And it, boom. And I said, they're back. That's so, you know, I'm in a, I live very close to an airport, um, uh, Dobbins Air Force Base. And so I think there's an issue with really large craft coming in. So they do, uh, you know, they come in the safest way they can. I do have craft that come in. I've had many structured craft, but I have tons of, of these beautiful higher energy orbs that come in that are plasma in, in nature. And, and so could, I could you tell ahead. us what you think of the difference? In other words, you, you say high energy orbs that are plasmas that suggests something quite different from a craft to me. What would you say the difference is? I call them energy intelligences. And I, I think they're, um, and I saw and envisioned in, in my mind early on a beautiful family 
on a beach somewhere. And then they hear me, they hear my music. And then they turn to their light bodies and then they come here and we interact in just that short period of time. And then they go back to where they are and I can see them again in, in a beautiful setting. And so, you know, the, the speed of thought is well beyond our locality. I think it's, it has dimensionality to it. And when, when you project in a positive way, when you project love into the universe, uh, it is easily recognized. And it's, it's an, um, it was a great realization for me to, to know that we have, you know, that ability, if you think about all the noise that this earth must generate between radio waves and microwaves and, you know, sound pollution and every, and one little voice that's sending out thought waves of, you know, and, and what I do Whitley is I, I play these pieces in my mind. I, you know, I play them on the deck. Yeah. Um, in reality, but I also, when I go out to the park, I play them in my mind because they're just crystalline, um, important pieces within my spirit that I, that I project and they recognize that immediately. And I can go to different places. I, you know, I went down to seaside before I, um, before I left, I was got a little Indian takeout around the corner and one just came, went right over the restaurant. I said, Hey, I'm going to seaside. Please come down soon as we were there and I started projecting, they, they appeared there too. So, you know, it's, it's not low, you know, location, um, is not, a, it's not an issue. No, um, well, it wouldn't be. I mean, considering the fact that they do seem to get around a good bit, <laughs> I don't think location would be too much of an issue. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, um, so the first time I actually got, Got one on my cell phone, and I think I I, have, I sent that to you. Yes, and uh, we'll play that clip too as well right here. So we're going to play that clip, uh, and and I'm going to pause for a moment. And I think also before we play the clip, I'm going to go to commercials for the Free Dreamlanders. So free Dreamlanders, uh, enjoy these commercials and do subscribe to Unknown Country so you're not being bothered by the commercials and you get the whole show. Because contact is happening. It's real. And this is one of the places where it is going to become more and more real over the years. So it's time to not be passive and support the website. We'll be right back. You know, there's an incredible archive on unknowncountry.com of Dreamland and all of our podcasts, my meditations, audiobooks, and so much more. Here's an example of just one of the extraordinary interviews that's there for you to listen to right now, just as timely as it was when it took place. Linda Moulton Howe interviews Gary McKinnon. Remember Gary McKinnon? He's the guy who hacked into NASA's private websites and found all kinds of strange things about space forces and they tried for years to extradite him and bring him back to the United States to put him in prison and finally gave up on it and he's now a free man in England. This interview with Linda Moulton House stands though as a historic document. It is quite amazing. Let's start by listening to my introduction from that 
period, and then we'll hear a little bit of Linda Moulton Howe and Gary McKinnon. Mr. McKinnon is a British citizen and has been fighting extradition, preferring to be tried in courts in his own country. Uh, there follows a truly extraordinary interview between Linda Moulton Howe and Gary McKinnon, one of the few. Gary McKinnon was the young Britisher who hacked into NASA's computer system and found all kinds of very unusual material about space forces and all sorts of things. Well, now, in 2020, the Space Force is going public, so was it really there all along? One of the few places you can hear an interview like this is on unknowncountry.com. This is one of the most extraordinary places in the world, and you really should get into it. Subscribe to unknowncountry.com today. You can listen to Gary McKinnon speaking very frankly about what he found, and there is so much more on this website. It is literally a treasure trove. Go to unknowncountry.com right now, click on the subscribe tab, and get started. There is real wonder waiting for you. A new world is getting great reviews. American cosmic author Diana Walsh Paselka says, Enter this risky new world and leave empowered. New York Times reporter Leslie Keene says, Riveting, I couldn't put it down. Amazon reviewers are calling it life-changing, mind-opening, the first real description of what contact is like and will be like. Don't miss a new world. As Professor Jeffrey Kripal says in his preface, this book is contact. Get a new world today. Available as a paperback, a hardcover, and an ebook wherever books are sold. And as an audiobook read by Whitley on audible.com. John, you have a very different attitude toward this than many people who are suspicious and afraid. And with good reason. I mean, there's been some tough stuff involving this. I've had that happen in my life. It was very tough at first. Was it ever difficult for you or did it, it was it not or never? It hasn't been difficult for me. Uh, and and I feel for you, and I understand um, the dilemmas that that you have have had to deal with, and it's um, it's something that for, for me uh, I felt like I made the initial uh, effort, and I I sent it in a very specific way. I projected what I love, what's important to me, in a very positive way. Uh, not to say that any other anybody else's experience. Um, is uh, somehow related to to themselves. I, yeah. But I just have my my own personal story, and they've been very civil. They've been very uh, honorable. That you know, and and so we treat each other with great respect, and we have a lot of fun doing it. That to me, that's the biggest thing. You know, they'll come in. Um, and they'll stage themselves, Whitley, and they'll do these acrobatics in front of of my camera. I, I, so what I did, I bought a, uh, I was struggling with that phone. I said, this isn't, what happened was I was at the park and I laid down and one of them went directly overhead and was doing geometric shapes directly above me. And it was magnificent. I had my phone and all it was, I could see was snow. I said, I, I've got to get a better camera. So I got a psionics Aurora and, um, 
And as soon as I did that, they recognized that they could, um, that they could be seen on the camera. And I asked for permission. Whitley, I said, if it's okay, I'm going to try to film you. And um, they, they've agreed to that. And I actually, I put a 3X magnifier on it, which gets really fine detail now. Yes, yeah, so the detail is very good on your videos. And I'm, you know, I'm a guitarist. I'm not a camera person. I'm just, I'm doing the best I can with it. And I'm, I'm learning as we go along. Uh, but as soon as they saw that I had this extra ability, they drop in right into this tiny piece of the sky. I mean, if you, if you were to put your thumb up to the sky, it would be barely what the camera sees and they drop right into there and their abilities are just magnificent what they, what they're able to do. And, and we do, there's different ways that we, um, interact. They, we use stars as points of reference. They will, they will go out of their way to, um, there's a video in, in seaside Florida where one comes in and bounces literally from one star to another. And it took me a while to even recognize that they'd done that. And when I saw it, it was, Oh wow, that is really amazing. And their abilities are just incredible. And I noticed that you, you talk to them and you play your guitar. Uh, you, 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 you interact with them as if they were a person sitting across from you when they're in the sky. Exactly. Uh, why, why did you decide to do it that way? Whitley, when, um, that is a beautiful, wonderful question. The, uh, when I, when I play guitar pieces, I always see the composer sitting in front of me. It could be, and as musicians, we're a kind of time traveler. We travel the world through time and we interact with some of the most beautiful, uh, creations, uh, in music. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm always drawn to really uh, beautiful pieces of music. And so I, you know, when I play my guitar, I, I see our, our star family sitting in front of me and I, I consider them, they are family. We're all, um, you know, we all are one, as we know in the universe, they recognize that I recognize it. And, you know, and it's, it's not all just how wonderful everything is because I've had many challenges and they recognize that. I share when I go outside and I said, it was so wonderful to see you last night. And I sure look forward to seeing you again. And this happened and it's really difficult. I have one thing. I was uh, going through a very difficult period and they made, they made a beautiful aeroglyph of a heart with a little notch taken out of it, showing that, you know, they understood that I was challenged and you can see a craft just barely in our dimension below it. And um, so they're, they're very understanding of the human, uh, how, the challenges we have on this dimension. So, and what, if I may ask, and you can say you'd rather not say if you, if you wish, but what sort of a challenge are you talking about or would you rather not say? I was the, uh, I was the, um, uh, I was the, let's see, a state where you're, oh gosh, the word escapes me. Anyway, it was, um, I had a, a property of a very dear friend of mine who was a World War II uh, B-24 pilot passed. And so I was put in charge of his estate and there was just all this fighting and it was horrendous. I mean, it was, it should, none of it really should have happened. 
And so it all resolved <clears throat> very beautifully. But during the time, it was incredibly difficult. Oh, my goodness. And so yeah, right that, in the middle of it was, was that executor of the estate. I'm, I, I think I've tried to block the whole thing. <laughs> I, I understand. Yes, I, I, my, I've, I know a lawyer who is, specializes in wills and estates, and he said, he always says that if you want to curse somebody, make them your executor. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it can be very hard indeed. And so I understand that. Now, I hear in your voice a sort of very basic, fundamental gentleness. Um, you know, thank you. You s seem to have gotten dimmer and now you're brighter again. Good. Um, Claudia. <laughs> yeah, I see. So, it, and I hear that in your voice. I hear that also in Jimmy Carter's voice, interestingly enough. Although he and his wife, you know, have been known to have some some pretty serious fights uh he's <laughs> not he's he's and when he was in the white house uh i knew people who were were working with him and they said that he definitely does have a temper <laughs> so um he does. yeah, yeah. He absolutely so does. tell me about your your temper and your feelings because i i see and i hear in you this level of openness and gentleness that I think is important because the experience, the visitors are very reflective. When I was scared, they were scared. And when they were scared, they were, uh, they, they tended to lash out. But sure. over the years, as I worked toward embracing the good and really understanding what I was doing, the relationship changed. Was it when you first realized that they were in your life? How did that feel? Uh, it's interesting. I just felt it was a magnificent thing. It's real. It's happening. Yeah. And, and that the, to me, the, and I've got, you know, all of, you know, the potential of it being going in the other direction, but I never go, let my mind go in that direction. I, I, I just, and I think very positive thoughts. I've had many challenges, Whitley. I've had a lot of tough things happen to me in my life and I had a tough childhood. And, um, so I'm very grateful now at this point in my life that, um, my family's healthy. We all love each other. I'm, I get to play music that I love. I interact with some of the most incredible people. And I mean, I'm so honored to be here today. I'm, I'm happy to oh, tell well, you that. Thank you. <laughs> I wouldn't consider myself incredible at all, but uh, oh, I do yeah. consider you quite incredible because of the way y your life journey, as difficult as it has been, has you've woven this into it in a very positive way. It's changed my life. It truly has. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it, you know, it's, it's something that, and what I, if there's one thing that I would like for people to take away from this is we all can do it. Every one of us can go. And what I do, it's not, uh, it's not a big commitment that it, in my mind, I mean, I, you know, I've spent tens of thousands of hours playing an instrument, you know, so I'm used to dedication. And I make it a daily practice. I record Jeopardy. I go outside. I've got my guitars. I set up on the little picnic 
table right next door. We have a beautiful little water park and we have an agreement that I'll be there. And if I can't make it out, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to make it tonight. And oftentimes, if they can't make it, I can feel from them they have other obligations somewhere else. Yes. But more often than not, we are both there and we're enjoying each other's company. And we, you know, the, the feeling that you get, Whitley, from them is just pure love and, and appreciation. And it's to me, it's just a, a magnificent um it's a realization that, that we are so much more than this third dimension. You know, um, I think that this persistence is very important. Like I, my, my way of contacting them is through what I call the sensing exercise, which most of my listeners know about. And um, if you're a subscriber, you can easily go on uh, this to Whitley's room in the, on the website and, see the sensing exercise being enacted so you know what it is. And uh, what it does is it takes the attention and it places it on the body. And usually our attention is in our brain, in our heads. But when you do this, apparently you become much more visible in another level of reality. And I found that out years ago when I first started contacting the visitors. But persistence counts. I, I'm not surprised that this works for you because you do it every night because so many people will, they'll go outside and maybe try it once or twice and nothing happens. And uh, I was doing the sensing exercise for for 15 years before the visitors showed up and I had no idea of any connection that I was even being noticed. I didn't know anything about them. And then suddenly there they were. And uh, eventually I heard them they told me that they had come because they saw a glow. And it was not until 2015, after my wife passed away, and she came back into contact with me, and I understood from her that the glow they saw was not like the glow of cities and so forth that I had thought. It was the glow of me doing this exercise. Mm -hmm. And I can hear, and this is a bit long-winded, folks, and I apologize for that, but I can hear in your voice, the same deep kind of inner peace that I think we all need to bring to this in order for it to work. I'm talking to somebody who's in a, who's in a successful contact situation, basically. What are you getting from them? What are you getting from them as a, uh, uh, as a person? What are you gaining? the the value of the individual and how we are all connected throughout the universe and throughout all the dimensions and how we're connected with nature uh, whitley another big part of this is how nature interacts with our star family there's a, a roost of uh, red-tailed hawks that are at the park they're with me every night and oftentimes they um they'll be uh, directly over the courtyard um, we were going to go see purple rain the the uh, prince movie and i was taking my dog out and they were circling right over the courtyard and this metallic double red ball appeared right in the center of their circling and they just all of them went at the same time uh, the energies have created beautiful um, animals in the sky and the hawks are often around that. When metallic craft come in, 
they'll be very close by because they're soaring all the time. And, and when they're, you know, when they, when the craft come in, they are there too. So it, that is another, we are so connected to nature as well. This it's all interconnected, all of it. And that's, that is what I've gained from it. And, you know, as a musician, so much of what we do is, is not that appreciated in this society. Unfortunately, there's been ways for uh, people that create technologies that get all of the monetary benefit, but that's not really why we play. You know, we play because it's important to us. We, you know, it's a value uh, beyond, beyond money. It's, it's, it enriches your heart and your soul and the, and the energies they've been, you know, they've been around for hundreds and thousands of years and they, you know, they recognize the music that I play is music that they probably themselves have heard from the originators. And so the fact that I'm able to recreate that in this time, um, is something that they, that they, um, have acknowledged and, and they honor as I honor them. You know, that's a very interesting point that when you say they probably heard it from the originators. And why do you think music is proving to be such an important part of your journey with, with them, with the visitors? It was an actually, it was a surprise to me that it, it is so valued. I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise, but it, it was a welcome surprise that, uh, I mean, I, I played, you know, Bach and Ravel and, and Satie and um, Brubeck and Chikoria and, you know, Tauraga and Soar and um, Mudara and John Dowland, you know, it's me and, you know, Jobim. It's music from all over the world throughout time that is of great beauty and the and the intelligences see and hear that coming from us you know it when you're doing that you can't think of anything else it's just the music and your mind is in a singular spot and you're creating beauty for the act of creating beauty and i think that that it resonates throughout the universe and they they respond to it they respond they to your effort Mm -hmm. They enjoy the music. You have Absolutely. fans from the beyond. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's quite wonderful. <laughs> I thought it was too. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Why? Why not? Um, yeah. What do you say to people? And you know, before we go to the next question, free Dreamlanders, we're taking a little break here, and I would again urge you to get involved in the site. Get involved in the site on a social level. There's plenty of opportunity for social media interaction on the site. There's a free message board, and you can also, if you become a subscriber, comment directly on the shows. And um, th th so there's a lot there for you, not to mention all of the wonderful shows that we've done over the years, all leading up to this period that we're in right now, which is a period of such great danger and such great promise as the dark side in the form of a madman in Russia is trying a last ditch effort to destroy this world. And believe me, its aim is really very clear. It is to 
create a nuclear holocaust. That is its aim. And so bear that in mind. And um, we'll take a pause now. We're talking to John Martin. Uh, John is not a writer. He is a musician who has had and is having an extraordinary relationship with our visitors and uh, who is almost playing his way into their hearts, I would say. And it's very mutual because there's a meeting of the hearts going on here between John and the visitors. And that is a direction that we all, I think, are, should hope that we uh, we go in because that's what's going to make this work and make it fruitful for mankind. And John, I want to actually shift a little bit from where I was before the break because there's something that keeps popping into my head that I need to ask you and then it pops out again. And I, it's popped in, so I'm going to interrupt myself and ask you another question instead. And that is, there is a very big military uh, reaction to all of this. You said yourself you're near an air base. And now we hear that the Space Force is going to be deploying what appears to be some kind of a defensive perimeter out beyond the moon. And what is going on here? Are we fighting with them, do you think? Do you have any sense of that? You know, it, it's interesting. Um, my, my father was an aeronautical engineer um, with Lockheed. And um, he was just an incredible mathematician. And, and uh, my brother's a... Uh, concert pianist and so he was kind of the person that my family kind of uh, honored at that time but my dad took me to Lockheed specifically just me he'd never done that before he just finished this big project with a c5b where the wings were cracking and he 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 um led this entire group of engineers and successfully saved that aircraft and during this time, he took me to Lockheed and we walked into the big hangar. There was a big black curtain and a man was standing there and he picked it up and he said, well, this is skunk works. Do you want to see what we do? And I, went, I was only about seven or eight years old. And I went to look under it and he dropped it really quickly and laughed. And I don't remember anything after that. And my father uh, quit Lockheed within a week or two after that and we had very difficult times and so there's so much involved Whitley with the military and our star family and yes I feel sure that there's you know a lot of nefarious things that are happening with our government and with you know world governments and the military and our star family and I feel like you know the, it's a struggle and I don't have a clear answer for any type of resolution on that. But what are your thoughts? Well, uh, first, I want to ask you, what what made your father quit Lockheed at that point? Do you know? I think they had some kind of secret program they wanted to put me into. And he said, no. He put told you me into if, as a little boy. 
Yeah. And I don't know. Uh, you know, you that happened to me when I was seven years old. I was put into a program at, at an Air Force base in San Antonio. And it was really? awful. It caused my immune system to collapse, and I ended up, I, ne I nearly died. I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and one of my closest friends in the world's parents received the same pitch, that your child is very brilliant, and we want to put him in this accelerated learning program. Mm -hmm. And when the he was in the living room when this pitch was made to, th to them by a couple of Air Force people they knew well. And wow. uh when his father heard that it involved a Skinner box, which is a, a an accelerated learning device developed by B.F. Skinner, which is basically you're closed up in a box and you experience endless repetition of of things or something like that. I It creeps me out so much, I don't even know exactly what it was. But when his parents heard that, they said, no, we're not putting him in this. Unfortunately, my parents were not as knowledgeable and they did their patriotic duty and put me into it. The next thing you knew, that was in August of uh, 1952, I guess. And then by October, I, my immune system had collapsed and I kept having to be rushed into medical care and finally ended up uh, at a military hospital, general hospital in San Antonio, where I was uh, treated with gamma globulin shots for for the extreme the, the collapse of my immune system brought about by the extreme stress. So wow. that's there. There's a dark side to all of this. Absolutely. And you've, you've bridged that. You're, you're past that. And you did it with your music, your big heart, and another thing. If you ever had any fear, it quickly turned into curiosity, didn't it? It did. It did. Yeah. Absolutely. When did you tell us again about when you first realized that they would come back and that you had a relationship going? I I think when the purple, beautiful craft came directly over our 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 home with that beautiful pink ring, it was like the the Glocka model seven thousand four hundred or something. You know, I mean, because it yeah it was. It was just magnificent. And I, I mean, it, you know, there's like eight uh, homes in, in this row of houses here and it was directly over ours, 50 feet above. And I said, you know, that, that is about as obvious as you can get. And then when the four came and then the beautiful cross and crescent shaped craft came and Whitley, what was interesting, I did some research after that and, um, in England, just a few months prior, are cross and crescent-shaped crop circles. And oh, really? I, I sent it within the zip file of those photographs. I've got a, a few of those. And the cross and crescent is very prominent in many of the crop circles I've noticed. And this was a metallic craft size of office buildings that came over in that same shape. And what is the difference in, in the way you your mind and heart respond when it's a, a, as you call a structured craft and when it's, um, a plasma. The structured craft are quite awesome. I mean that, uh, and I will say this too, um, a very dear friend of mine, Victoria Lillenquist, I was at the park and we were talking and she said, please send something really awesome for John to see. And, 
at that very moment, this almost a fish-like craft. It was green, and it spun along its axis. It looked just like the craft that that um, docked with the space station. Oh, uh, directly, wow. Directly overhead. I was able to get a picture right when it was leaving because because they have this thing when the really large craft are coming. They send out uh, some kind of... Um, thought process that said, oh, this isn't very important. You can take a picture next time. And that's what, and so I had to kind of fight that to get that last one. So when the really big craft come, it's, it's, it's an event. It really is. Now the small, yeah, yeah. go ahead. The, the small craft that come that, that do the aerobatics are my, almost my favorites. I mean, they, you know, one came, I said, you know, it's, I'm just filming randomly, but it's never random, is it, dear friends? And he dropped right into that little spot in my camera, went, um, I don't know, halfway through the, you know, the display, stopped, turned, and did these incredible aerobatics just for me. And it was magnificent. And then there were orbs around that that uh, were celebrating it with me because it was so much fun. And they've come back many, many times. And, you know, they, the the golden orbs, you know, and they're probably not, orbs may not be the best term for them. The or, the golden plasmas, um, the the fast craft will be around them and they, they interact and they work together. And, you know, they're different, but they're the same in many ways. And, you know, it's it's a mystery in a lot of ways, but I, you know, I enjoy that they they feel comfortable enough to come to see me multiple times a week. And and I'll, when was I'll, the last time you saw them? As we're we're talking on recording this on March the eighth, twenty twenty two. Well, Whitley, I had a a beautiful heart I sent to you uh, three or four days ago. And within, and when I walked in the park, there was a square cloud with a triangle with it, almost a Merkaba. And I think that was them saying that they're going to be on the other side of the world for a while. This, this um, military action, and you know, there's military actions all over the world, and I know they they send their best energies um, throughout the world. But this is a particularly scary one, I think, as. I think it's a very dangerous time, and um, I've been given the privilege of seeing what happens to a world that has a nuclear exchange. I saw this in the mid-90s. I asked to see a world that was a little better off than ours and one that was a little worse off. And the one that was a little worse off had had changed into two huge dictatorships and suddenly there was a nuclear exchange between them. Oh, wow. And then it was no warning whatsoever. And then um, I went back to it a couple of years later. And when I say went, I, this is in my mind's eye. I wasn't physically moved sure. there. It was completely dead. It was now a dead planet. And we're risking that. We're risking that. I find that just so deeply terrible. How do we live 
knowing that there are those among us who risk this, who want to serve the dark side so badly, that they are corrupt criminal politicians and dictators and things. How do we, how do you respond to that darkness? It, it is, it definitely, I mean, it admires you in this dimension. This third dimension is very difficult. And, you know, Whitley, I, on the day after, it was Easter Monday, 2019, I went to my park and a portal opened in this beautiful energy. Uh, not an energy, an entity came through it. I've got five pictures of it I sent to you. Yes. And it was a, such a gorgeous, beautiful event. And I couldn't look at it very long. And I, I was able to get five pictures of it, but I turned away. And this was kind of early on still in, in my ability to um, integrate these experiences. That night, I went back to the park and a golden energy dropped down treetop level. And I apologized. I said, I'm, I'm really sorry I was not able to give that beautiful entity the the time it deserved and, and the golden energy just expanded many times understanding that this is difficult for us in this third dimension yes. but i think i think they're looking out for us and i think they will intervene if something on that level it happens and these mad men decide that they're going to just burn the place down i think it'll be stopped i really feel like our star family have that ability and they will they will intercede if it comes to that, and I, I pray that's that's the case. Yes, I pray that's the case too, because I think we are liable to need that very soon, uh, in too. one way or another. I I don't know what Vladimir Putin may do if he begins to lose this conflict with the Ukraine, or he realizes that his country is basically going to descend into chaos if he does not uh, respond, and. Uh, I don't know that there's any other way to defend freedom when it is challenged like this. Do you think they have an awareness of the need for freedom for the for the uh, evolution of souls? Absolutely, I, I truly do. And you know, speaking of interacting with um, forces, I, I read an account that the. Ukrainian um, people had a, a, a flank of, of tanks coming at them, and there was shots coming from the sky that disabled every one of the tanks. As, I read as that shot. story too, and, and there were flashes of light they described as flashes of light coming from above. And the young man who was facing these tanks basically with a rifle texted his family that he was in a situation and the next thing they knew the tanks had all been stopped that's our star family yeah and you know, they, I they hope signaled, so I, I i feel that it is whitley i feel that's that's them doing it and they want us to be free to answer your question absolutely and it's an imperative for us to to finally break free of this you know this brutal dimension that we're in of you know greed and that that's the thing. I I have such little um, time to embrace anything that's be that's that short of um, 
honoring humanity, honoring each other, loving the universe and letting the universe love us. And, and when we have that, we will ascend. We will get past all this and we will have the world that you saw that was better. What was that like? Well, free dreamlanders, it's time for us to say goodbye. And we will, uh, I hope you join the site as always. And because it is becoming more and more important every single day. So I bid you adieu. And I hope that I see you soon on unknowncountry.com as a participant in the social media aspect of it and as a subscriber in support. We're talking to John Martin and subscribers. We will keep on keeping on. You've been listening to Dreamland. Be sure to tune in again next week. Dreamland is brought to you by unknowncountry.com and its family of subscribers. Our theme music is The O of Pleasure by Ray Lynch. Unknown Country was founded by Ann Streber. Our news editor is Matthew Frizzell. Our coordinator is Amy Safrankova. Whitley Streber is your Dreamland host. And I'm your announcer, Ted Alexander.